Welcome to the Hophead Hardware Homebrewing Podcast. This is Captain Spawning coming at you from Chattanooga, Tennessee. So what's going on everyone? This is the ninth episode of the Hophead Hardware Homebrew Podcast. And um, you know, I'm often often asked about, you know, what various ingredients taste like in beer. And you know, that's a loaded question. Um, you know, people they want, hey, what does Cascade taste like as a hop? Uh, what does Vienna malt taste like? And you know, you got generic answers. Oh, Cascade grapefruit, Vienna malt, it's kind of bready. Um, but I, I don't like giving those answers. My advice to people in those situations is number one, um, learn how to identify flavors, and also learn that. The descriptors that we use to describe beer flavors aren't exact, Um, but I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, To learn about beer and tasting beer, one of the best things you can do is get a BJCP guidebook. And, um, you know, if you've got an American Pale Ale, open it up to the American Pale Ale. Read the description. Go through it while you're drinking the beer, and um, you know some of the things you're tasting. When you see the, you know, you see it there in text form in front of you in the guidebook. They'll start to make sense, you know, assuming that you're drinking a decent representation of whatever style. But um, also a thing people can do is read the descriptions of the beer from you know. A lot of these beers that we buy now, they have a book written on the side of them. It's nuts. And um, a lot of breweries are really, really liberal with how much information they give away about the beer. Some of them even give recipes, even, you know, strip down five gallons for for home brewers. But, um, you know, study that. You know, look at that recipe if they give you that information, that description, um, you know, uh, ingredients breakdown, whatever they'll give you. Look at that while you're drinking the beer and see if you can try to, you know, notice trends with flavors and things. And to the next point, my favorite thing to do or to tell people when they want to know how to taste beer, how to pick out, you know, flavor profiles of different ingredients and is to look up a clone recipe. And, um, of course, I'm speaking about this from, you know, home brewers looking to identify flavors. Um, but yeah, t- if you want to brew a um, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, um, there's a million different clone recipes out there, and they've been honed in, and it's not hard to do a really, really close match of that beer as a home brewer now. So um, yes, look at that thing, look at that clone recipe, and um, Try to pick out the flavors. You're not. It's not going to work like the first time. You're like, oh, oh, there's this hop that doesn't work that way. It, you, you start noticing trends with the things that you taste versus what you're reading. I hope this makes sense. Um, you know, um, Bell's Two Hearted IPA. You know, it's a all that. It's all Centennial, and the Centennial really shines. That's a great way to see what Centennial hops do for a beer. 
but Centennial hops that boil for 60 minutes are a lot different than Centennial hops boil for 20, 10, or 5 minutes, or whirlpooled, or dry hop. I mean, there's so many changes. That's why you kind of got to look at that clone recipe. It's going to give you more details than what, um, you know, most breweries' descriptions are going to give you. Um, so, yeah, just study those recipes. It's going to seem at first like it's not making sense, but it'll all start to click. Um, I'm not going to brag on myself, uh, but most people tell you I'm really good at identifying flavors and tasting beer and almost reconstructing the beer from the flavor. And um, that's just studying. I mean, I beer nerded out as much as I hate to see people do what I was doing. I mean, I would literally sit in a tasting room with my phone open reading about whatever beer I was drinking. I, I had a BG or BJCP guidebook that I kept behind the bar at the place I was drinking at. It was usually the same place. So, um, yeah, just study clone recipes while you drink a beer. And back to the point I was making earlier, when describing flavors in beer, we're not saying that we taste exact flavors. It's important to understand that. When someone tastes in a beer that knows what they're talking about says, hey, I'm picking up some pineapple. They're not literally tasting pineapple. There's just a flavor that they're associating with pineapple. That's the closest thing that, you know, is familiar. Uh, the closest familiar flavor. And we've got to have a description and, you know, it's, we say what we relate to with that flavor. Let's open these windows, make love to the sun Shaken and shattered me, collected and scattered me Let us try to crawl among hands We're coming to you Are shaking, my hands they are bound. I've chopped up my lungs without making a sound. My features are frozen, and yours are aflame. And everyone else's, they all look the same. So you lean in there, follow me, chew up and swallow me. But riding a raging typhoon, I'm coming to you. Thank you. 
arms of the wind I'm coming to you But riding the wings of a gull I'm coming to you That was Bird on a Wire from Snake Oil Salesman. You know, I want to say that I hate beer festivals. I absolutely hate going to those things. And um, before I go on my rant, I just want to point out that I'm not gonna, going to uh, name any specific festivals because I have some business relationships that I don't want to toast. Um, you know, I'm in, I work in the supply chain for a lot of breweries and um, in, in the beer industry in general. So, you know, don't want to burn bridges. But yeah, I, I don't like beer festivals. What I run into is, you know, you get an expensive ticket a lot of times to these festivals and you show up. Sometimes they have a you know, ton of breweries represented. Some of them are really small. Uh, that doesn't matter though uh, to me because it would if certain people weren't there. You know, you got your macro drinking folks, you got a guy that, you know, lives off of Bud Light and he's like, hey, beer festival. That's where they got that dark beer, you know. And they'll chase down the tents that have the highest ABV beers that they can find. And they either take them like shots and just get toasted, or they just spit them out and they're just completely wasteful with what could be a really, really good beer. There's just a lot of bad beer that makes it to this festival, too. Um, and when that happens, you have a bunch of basically amateurs, people that can't hold their alcohol. You know, they're, they're drinking party beer for a reason. They're coming in, drinking the high graph stuff, and it's it's lighting them up, and they're unpleasant to deal with. This the good beer runs out really, really quick, and you know, I'm, there's a Belgian triple over here that I really wanted to try, so I go get in this crazy long line for it. Um, I get my little pour. I like that beer. Then there's you know a nice Riesling barrel aged. Berliner Weiss or something, you know, something that's interesting, you know, a few tents down, and well, you know what, it's out now. The, you know, the stuff that you actually go to the festival for runs out really, really quick. You know, your solid beers that you can actually get, like your Two Hardens and, you know, Sculpin or, you know, some common stout or porter, just, you know, something that's available in the market, that stuff hangs around because nobody's really interested. Um, Except, you know, Bud Light guy that sees that that um, robust porters, you know, 8%. He's like, ooh, that's a lot of alcohol. He's puking by the tent while you're trying to get a pour. It's just, I hate those things. I don't like beer festivals. But with all that being said, we had a beer festival in town last weekend. And it replaced a really, really big festival that ended last year it, it ran for over 20 years and it was just a mess uh, it was there were a lot of problems with that there was too many people too many of the uh, 
Bud Light amateurs, too many, um, too many fans. <laughs> it just, it was a mess, and it got worse and worse every year. And just out of the blue, they said, "Hey, yeah, we're not going to do this festival anymore," and they didn't. But in that time slot on the other side of town, a smaller festival took its place. And it was 50 or 60 bucks just to get in the door, which, you know, scared off a lot of the people. They didn't want to pay that. But, you know, the craft crowd did. And I, I did not go. And just because it was a beer festival. But from what I'm hearing, it went over really, really well. So, you know, I may check it out next year. And I, I probably will, you know, give, maybe they'll change my, or this festival will change my mind about beer festivals in general. But I will say for now, can't stand them. They're horrible. I wanted to tell you guys about the uh, BYO boot camp. It's um, from Brew Your Own magazine, and uh, I'm sure you've heard of that. But yeah, the BYO boot camp. It's in Asheville, North Carolina on March 22nd and 23rd of 2019. What it is, it's two days of brewing classes and seminars, and it has all the who's who of the homebrew world. It includes John Palmer, John Blickman, Denny Kahn, Dr. Chris White, and a lot more people. It's They're going to do just a bunch of really cool small classes. I think each class is limited to... 35 um, people each, if I'm correct. I could be wrong about that. But it's something like that. And it you do have to register for it. So I wanted to make sure everyone knew with plenty of time. Because, you know, March is a little ways out. But go to, uh, or just Google BYO Boot Camp Asheville, and you'll see it. It's... It's it's on the Brew Your Own magazine website. And if you've not been to Asheville before, it's a fantastic beer town. And every craft beer enthusiast should really just give it a visit. Do some brewery hopping. You probably need about three days and to, to do it right. There's, there's a lot of great beer and great breweries out there. And if you want to get out to the... Uh, Sierra Nevada and Oscar Blues locations out there. They're, they're a little ways out of town, so you might want to dedicate a day to hitting those two. You know, like the first half of the day, you go to Oscar Blues, second half, Sierra Nevada, vice versa, however you want to do that. But it's it would be a really, really cool trip. I don't know if I'm going to go or not. I'm about two and a half hours from Asheville, so it's a possibility. Um, I really just got to look at the financial side of it. Do I, do I have the extra cash to, you know, go to Asheville for a few days? Because, you know, this coming year I want to finally build the kegerator, do a lot of upgrades to the home brewery. So it's kind of a balancing act. Which way do I want to go with this? And, um, yeah, it's, if you can, it's definitely worth checking out. There's a lot of really, really cool people there. Fixed my own death. Ran away from 
everything I knew Found myself Brand new group of friends I'm lying to Come on back home Come on back home Come on back home Cause I need you here And I feel so off on my hair I found myself some brand new clothes to wear when I was alone I saw all of the scars I never bear come on back home come on back home come on back home Cause I need you here And I feel so weird Yes, I need you here And I feel so Took a bunch of drugs Tried to kill the voice inside my head Just my luck That voice went and multiplied instead Come on back home Come on back home Come on back home that was Faked My Own Death from a band called Handmade Moments. I'm going to wrap up this episode, and I wanted to let you guys know that the next episode will probably be the most content-heavy episode yet. Um, I'm going to be discussing porters. I'll cover... I'll briefly cover the difference in a porter and a stout. There's a lot of confusion there. I'm going to go into um, how to brew a porter and give a simple recipe. But you should um, definitely check us out at hopheadhardware.com and look for the link for the Hophead Hardware Homebrew Club. That is our Discord server that we do all of our chatting on. Got over 400 members, and it's always active. A lot of really cool folks, and you should join us. Thanks for listening to the Hophead Hardware Homebrew Podcast. You can always check us out at hopheadhardware.com.